when you can partner with athletes that are known and have a follower base around campus, but aren't global superstars, you can get much more targeted to the actual students that are at the university that is your relevant demographic. Reputation is everything. We've all heard it and we all believe it. Be it building and monitoring your online reputation or measuring your resident satisfaction in real time, we all know how important that is. The truth is we spend too much time asking for reviews, responding to reviews, surveying our residents and analyzing those surveys. This is all important, but there needs to be an easier way to manage it all. And in student housing, sometimes there just needs to be an automatic way of managing it, like during turn or for move-in day. Well, there is one platform out there that does just that. It's called Opinion. Opinion integrates with your property management software to automatically ask residents for reviews so you can get real-time feedback. It also works to generate more positive online reviews and ratings completely in the background without you ever having to push out an email or a text message. You can build surveys that are automatically sent out based on certain events within a tenant's lease cycle or an ad hoc community-wide survey. And it's working behind the scenes to analyze all of that feedback and present it to you in a way that you can quickly understand your property's resident satisfaction level and get insight into your team's performance. Listen, there are a lot of platforms and applications that can help you monitor and respond to your online reputation. Some will even help you generate more reviews, but Opinion allows you to do it hands-free and brings you the feedback you need in order to take meaningful action. So let Opinion do the heavy lifting and give your team more time to focus on your tenants. For more information, click on the link in the show notes or go to Opinion, which is spelled with three I's, O-P-I-N-I-I-O-N.com forward slash S-H-I. Again, that's opinion.com forward slash SHI. Go there today and get a special promotion for our audience members. Hello and welcome to the Student Housing Insight Podcast, where we are putting you in touch with the people who bring student housing to life. I'm your host, Wesley Dees. I'm also the CEO and founder of Student Housing Insight. That's correct. We are not just a podcast on student housing, but we're a platform for student housing professionals to connect and share ideas and data. Joining me today is our wonderful co-host, Greta Deer. Hello. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? I'm doing great. This is our first episode after the Super Bowl. And even though we missed it last year, but we typically dedicate a portion of this episode after the Super Bowl to talking about the halftime show. <laughs> and That's true. Last time we talked about the, well, not last time. There was one time where we talked about it before the halftime show. So this is the first time we get to talk about it afterwards, which is kind of exciting. Right. And yeah, pretty much everything except the Super Bowl. We typically talk about the commercials <laughs> and everything else because unless if it's your team, you don't really care to talk about the Super Bowl afterwards. Is that always the case? I feel like it's the case for me. 
Oh. I mean, unless if it's a really close game, you know, th- there's a lot of controversy over the NFL being rigged. <laughs> and I went out to go bowling with uh, with kids and my brother-in-law Saturday before the Super Bowl. And we were just kind of talking about it. And he, he, other than Cleveland Browns, I don't know why, that he doesn't follow anybody else. And so that is dedication. That's just so real dedication. Clear. That is such dedication. <laughs> so, so anyway, we're we're talking about it, and it's it's more of I think me catching him up on you know the two different teams that are actually in it than it is anything else. And of course, we're kind of planning our annual bet on it, and it was one of those things where <laughs> I just. I, you know, I told him, I said, look, unless if either one of the teams has a complete blowout, I'm not going to be convinced it's, you know, that it isn't rigged. I said, if it ends up coming down to a seven point game or a three point game that is either one in the fourth quarter or one in overtime, you're not going to convince me that it's not rigged. And oh, I, all right. Yeah. And so. Sure enough, it kind of played out that way. So, so yeah, it's just, you know, if I didn't feel that way, I would say, wow, that was a really great game. It went into overtime. But it was just like, I felt like there was nothing that was unexpected, if that makes sense. See, I felt really bad. Not to, like, go off on a whole crazy tangent about the game, because I know, like, that's not the whole purpose of all of this. But I felt really bad because the 49ers are my brother's team. That's you know, all the the 962,000 brothers that I have, it's all of their teams. But, but obviously, like, my brother especially, and he was so dedicated. And right there at the very end, I was like, this is it. Dylan, like, this is, you've got it now. And he's like, don't jinx it. And I was like, you can feel it, right? And he's, I know, I know in that moment, like, he believed me. He felt like I felt it. And I don't know, like, what it is sometimes when he believes, if I believe something, like, it's going to happen. And when it ended, it was like I betrayed him. Like, I know he felt that, like, I broke his whole heart. And I felt so awful. But at the same time, on the other side, the, the little small human in my life, you know the chiefs won and that was all he wanted and you know i had to i had to decide who i was happy for and i'm not even gonna lie to you i was very happy for the small human in my life (laughs) i I had to make a decision i mean i've got to tell you i'm just i'm really kind of kind of glad it's over with (laughs) 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 we'll talk talk about that in a minute but let's talk about the fact that it was the most watched broadcast not just super bowl but broadcast of all time. By the way, this is a podcast on student housing. We'll we'll tie it all together in a nice little bow here. There's a, little a bit. reason. Yes, there is a reason why why this is part of the conversation. <laughs> right. But yeah, so 123 million was the initial stats. Total viewership, which basically includes anyone watching at least one live minute, is estimated at 202 million people. I mean, that's like 60% of Huge. the country. And of course, it's, you know, it's not just the country, but yeah, that's bigger than the whole sky. Bigger than the, the nice reference there, buddy. <laughs> You'd like to, uh, to are, are we in. headed anywhere with this? That's just, the, I don't know how many people are going to get that reference, but obviously I am. <laughs> um, yeah, bigger than the whole sky is a, is a song. I, somebody wrote it, sang it. It sounds really insignificant and secure or obscure and super niche, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
so yeah, yeah, there was. Do we want to go in talking about the the Super Bowl? I mean, the halftime show, or do we want to? Do we just want to address the elephant in the room? I mean, let's go. Yeah. So, like I said earlier, I'm just kind of glad the season's over with. Number one, my Carolina Panthers were a damn joke this year, <laughs> but I'll shake it off. Oh my god! But no, <laughs> September 24th, my NFL viewing habits changed for the rest of the season because Taylor Swift shows up at a Kansas City Chiefs game. And, uh, you know, for those that aren't familiar with the podcast, I've got three daughters and a son. And um, all three of my daughters are Swifties, including my wife. And, I mean, I love my daughters, <laughs> but it is a measurable percentage of my income that went to Taylor Swift's pocketbook this past year. And um, a machine that is Taylor Swift, let's be honest. Yeah. I, and no, I didn't. I was not fortunate or unfortunate, however you want to look at it, to buy tickets to a concert. But the movie was seen several times in the theater. Um, one time it didn't get seen because I bought tickets for the wrong day. And if you don't know about buying tickets for the Taylor Swift concert on an AMC theater, you can't get a refund when you realize that you bought your tickets for the wrong day. There's been albums. There's been, cause I, you know, I, I never thought I would have to buy an album, not, not a CD, an album, a record, a record yes. that you put in a record. Play. I had to buy three record players in the past 18 months because of Taylor Swift I mean, you you don't have to talk about it like that. I have a record player and I love my record player and I have an entire record collection from both my aunt and my mother. So you don't have to talk about it like like it's an obscure thing with the record player. All right. Yeah. Yeah. And I sound like I hate Taylor. I used to really enjoy Taylor. But after this year, <laughs> my son Lawson, he just rolls his eyes when her name comes up. If we get in the car and a song comes on, he's just like, oh, he's he's eight and he you know he <laughs> he's just completely put off by it because it's all his sisters and mother i feel like ever talk about <laughs> see meanwhile i have two boys in my house and it's the exact opposite it's to them it's they've been like that since they were four and five years old that they absolutely love and adore her and one of them is just, he's like, do you think they'll get married? And for Halloween wanted to be Travis Kelsey specifically for that purpose, because I think he just it, in his mind, he's like, I could just grow up and marry Taylor Swift. But so I also have two little Swifties in my household and you know, it's, it's just, but it's very different. I, yeah. And, and, and the thing like with Lawson, like, him watching football with me was never like, I mean, he wasn't super into it and he's still, you know, kind of young where he doesn't really get into it and he's not playing like pop Warner or anything like that. But, you know, he'll sit on the couch and play his, his switch and he'll ask me random questions throughout the game or whatever. So it's, it's nothing he's been like super excited to do every Sunday, but it's me and him, you know, kind of having our bonding time. But by the end of October, <laughs> he he was done with his sisters having that time with with me, Aww. and um, he was out at that point. He's like, 
You're on your own, kid. Let's get that reference. There was another one. Oh, my. That is like, I, I feel like this should have just turned into a drinking game. Cheers uh, for every single go. Taylor Swift song reference was just made. <laughs> I feel like I should have announced that at the beginning. Gulp. Not to berate this point, though. It's actually funny because both of the boys are hard, hardcore football kids. And it's not just the NFL. It's college football as well. And to them, all it did was amplify their experience. It was every single, which for one of them, not a Chiefs fan, now was watching every single Chiefs game mm -hmm. and would sit there and be like, Taylor's on the screen, Taylor's on the screen. And I'm like, okay, love, it's, I see, I see Taylor's on the screen. And, but did you say, yes, yes, I see. Every <laughs> like it was single time. Oh, my goodness. It was... That was bigger than the whole yeah. sky. I mean, for it's, that one. it's been a different NFL season. And I'm so it just the, the level of influence, to be honest. Yeah. That that had uh, on their, and I'm, their experience. I'm ready for Taylor to move on. Is it over now? <laughs> oh my God. We're good. But yeah, we'll, we'll come back and talk about Taylor and the influence. Maybe that gives you a little bit more of a clue as to what this podcast is going to be about once we finally get back to student housing. But yeah, let's talk about the half time show because outside of two years ago, because oh my God. Yeah. Um, <laughs> outside of two years ago, with, Listen, uh, as far as I'm concerned, we need to record these on Saturdays every single time. Probably, this is just like a whole different experience. Probably. But no, outside of two years ago when it was in LA and they did the whole West Coast rap thing with Dr. Dre and Eminem, which I don't know. Okay. Can we really count Eminem as West Coast rap? I don't guess so. But I think this might have been For my favorite. I think in my mind, I always just attached him to West Coast, but that's a really fair question because no. Yeah. Yeah. But I, th I, think, I think this one, may, next to that one, I think this one may be my favorite. See, and that meant so much to me when you messaged me after the halftime show. I was like, this, this is why I pledge my undying love to <laughs> one Wesley Dees. And it is because of the fact that, again, like to say it again, I will always just ask a person like, how did you feel about the halftime show? And it is so, always so telling to me about a person's just basic character, what their response to that question is. Just, just in general, not did you like it or did you think it was good or did you think it was been just like what did you think what were your thoughts in general on this yeah and it was so good it was so good and if you thought it was boring or mid or whatever then you know i just we're not friends and that's fine that's fine yeah i mean it's not boring i mean he put roller skates on i mean any, any time a 45 year old father pulls out roller skates that's an undertaking <laughs> That was a masterpiece in your living room. And if you didn't appreciate that, then I don't even know what to say to you. I don't. So you're, I have no words. So you're saying you're not sorry? I, <laughs> I'm going to have to get a refill before this is done. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, think about that. I mean, I, I didn't realize Usher was my age. Oh, he's a gentleman for sure. Yeah. And yeah, I'm just, I remember when I like, I remember that was one of the things that I was telling Driscoll. I was like, I said, Oh, I had such a crud. Like when my way came out, my goodness. Yes. <laughs> well, yes. it's, um, I'm really glad that 
ludicrous and little genre there because had that song been performed and they weren't there and i don't know if you've seen everything that came out or if this is even actually true but what podcast was usher on that i saw actually it may have been like a entertainment tonight kind of thing where it was like literally a week or so beforehand they're like well hey john's going to be in town and We'll call Chris, and I'm like, did you really? I mean, how long have we known you're going to be on the halftime show? And you're just so. Oh wait, I did see that where he was like, oh, I just couldn't do it without having like, and it, but it did feel very just like last minute. But that doesn't even surprise me because especially with Ludacris, just the the level of performance because I've seen him like live, and he is. so 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 incredible so i saw him in indy after the super bowl there and my oh my goodness oh my goodness no words you need to calm down seriously (laughs) i'm gonna make some pause i think you need to calm down um (laughs) yeah i think the vegas component that they were able to bring into it as well because when you think usher and especially when you think of you know, Little John and Ludacris, you just think ATL. But they were yeah. really able to bring the... And of course, he's been doing residency there for, what, two years now? I guess it probably wasn't mm-hmm. too hard for him to get creative it's with really that. Cool, but man. yeah, so... Yeah, I just I thought it was a really great show. It great was show. so good. So, anything else? with Were there any other commercials or anything that stood out to you? Um... I don't think so. I mean, obviously, I was impressed with the Cetaphil commercial and the fact that after it, they pointed out that they ripped off a whole TikTok that they owned up to it and settled because I think that there's so much. And I again, I know it's kind of off topic, but they didn't even try to pretend the fact that they didn't rip off a TikTok and they were just like, yep, we did that and we're going to settle it and it's fine. And we apologize and just like moved off. I completely, Our, I completely missed all that. Oh, there was a Cetaphil commercial that was based off of like a father and a daughter and like skincare and the whole Taylor Swift situation bouncing back to the whole Taylor Swift and like they bonded over Taylor Swift being on like football or being involved in football and stuff like that and like their relationship improved because now they were spending time watching football much kind of like the situation with you and the girls and but that was a, a thing that between an actual father and daughter like that they did like a TikTok about it that this was something that was like occurring between them and um so they were like reenacting it kind of on tiktok and clearly it was derivative of that entire situation and it you know when they mentioned it and showed like the tiktoks cedarville just like immediately um they were like yep (laughs) and didn't even try to like fight it didn't ignore it nothing basic from what i understand yeah so no i hadn't which i was like on them for doing the right thing you know how i feel about that like do the right thing well done I hadn't heard about that. And then obviously the Matt, the Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, crazy Duncan commercial that was just like, how about them donuts? Come on. Yeah. What is that? Or Duncan. Yeah. I, I saw it. I'm trying to remember exactly the anyway. Or he goes into the studio and does like the crazy dance with JLo and Tom Brady and Matt Damon. And he does the line and it's like cringy. I'll have to go back and look at it. They're like um, making fun of themselves for it. Why am I blanking on that? I mean, I remember anyway. I, 
That's all right. All right. But we'll no, you, you were mentioning TikTok, and I guess that's a good segue back into what uh, what we are actually talking about today's podcast and how we can tie this back to student housing. And that's got to do with the whole name, image, and likeness of, or NIL as it's commonly referred to, of student athletes and micro influencers. And uh, in this past week's shop talk, we had a panel on a social on social media strategies, basically for student housing operators. We had uh, Matt Pavlik from the Grow Marketing Agency. We also had Alex Abernathy from Asset Living and Poetic, and then rounding out the panel was Sam Wynn from Agency Fifty Three. You can't say his name and then have me not say that. That's just that's a rule. What did you say? Sorry. It sounded it just sounded like you were Sam. <laughs> Sam. <laughs> If he's listening, he's going to know. So it's fine. <laughs> yeah. But no, we were talking about some of the trends, some of the things that are ahead for 2024, some of the things that have changed from an advertising standpoint, specifically with with TikTok. And, and we'll put a link in the show notes if you want to, if anybody wants to go back and check that whole segment out. But there was a question from the audience about NIL and micro-influencers. And so that's kind of where... It's a great question. Yeah. And that's where this... Uh, connection with the Super Bowl, I guess, how this all kind of comes together, I guess, but it totally comes together. (laughs) (laughs) Well, regardless if you think the relationship between Travis and Taylor is real or not, it's very clear that the NFL capitalized on the relationship. Was it premeditated or not? I don't know. Call it what you want. (laughs) You can't make any more. This is the last sip that I have in this glass. (laughs) I think you're going to have to get a refill. Oh my goodness. But yeah, but the the NFL definitely capitalized on it throughout the entire season. Absolutely. Every single week. She went to no surprise 13 games a season. So there's a few at the beginning of the season season that she missed nice and that was catch. I didn't even realize that. Oh, you didn't. Thir- no. Yeah, uh, I've got a whole list. I'll I'll look it up of all the 13. All the 13 references? Yeah. Um, oh, that's wild. Yeah, I need to go back and somebody posted something to the to the internet. Um, I'll have to go back and look at it. But anyway, let's just talk about the NFL capitalizing on it. I got a couple of stats here. So outside of, you know, over 200 million people watching it and being the largest crowd ever, You've got, before the Super Bowl, Apex Marketing Group came out and with an estimate that the Chiefs and the NFL added $331 million in additional revenue thanks to this relationship. Kelsey's jerseys, specifically Travis, not his brother, but, and I will say this, I never listened to Kelsey and Jason's podcast Podcast. until this because, you know, it was one of those things I kind of wanted some of the behind the scenes information. And so, yeah, I was both a 92%er and an 8%er, as they say. But Travis's jerseys alone, the sales went up 400%. I had to buy one for Halloween for a small child. Halloween, that's it. Contributed to that. (laughs) And the league recorded its highest regular season viewership among women since it began tracking those numbers in 2000. Can't believe they didn't track that. Which I also love. Just to throw that out there. Listen. Because it captured a different level of audience. Yeah, I live in one of those neighborhoods, I'm sure similar to yours, where there's a lot of, um, it's kind of like a tailgate party, you know, when it comes to big sports weekends, right? And 
everybody comes to this <laughs> to this neighborhood to sit with their friends, whatever, and watch the games. And so the number of cars was so much more increased this year. And the number of women that I saw going into houses, you know, with jerseys on and attire on, it's more than I've ever seen since I, I mean, we've lived there for 12 years now, I guess. And um, it obviously had an impact on who was wanting to watch it. And, and so what am I saying? Am I saying that Taylor Swift needs to visit your property? <laughs> I mean, I guess you could. I would say it would uh, certainly bring traffic. It would be part of your wildest dreams. I have none you, you left. Have, okay. All right. <laughs> Wait, no, <nope>, I like <laughs> NIL does make it possible to get some of the most, I guess, influential student athletes to promote your property. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's not just about getting, you know, that blue chip athlete that's going to be headed to the pros to, to show up at that pool party. And this is the question that came up on Shop Talk of, okay, it was positioned micro-influencer or NIL. And the answer isn't one or the other. I, I kind of really feel like all micro-influencers are NIL. You've got some athletes that are not micro-influencers, especially those blue chip players that we were talking about. But you've got a lot of other athletes that you know, have decided to capitalize on NIL and they may be, you know, folks on the women's tennis team or, you know, whatever, you know, a lot of these other sports that don't get a lot of recognition. And there's a different way of thinking about it. I think from a, from a property management standpoint, specifically a student housing standpoint that, you know, these guys took with it. So I don't know if you've got anything else to say, if you want us to just go ahead and hit the, the play button on the, on that segment. I do actually want to build on it because I think that the way to look at it is there's a lot of different ways to be strategic about micro influencers and, and I'm, part of it is I'm glad that you brought up the level of of athletes doesn't always have to be huge, right? And one of the points of all of this is that we know that people can have major influence that was it just should really make it clear that was the whole point of all of this mm -hmm. that the level of influence exists clearly that has now been proven out the metrics are there the data is there it has been proven for anyone who you know wants to talk about why do famous people need more pr it is that it is effective it works impacts are to be had and so to take that same concept and apply it to your property can be done in a multitude of ways. Do you want to have a micro influencer? Sure, you can. We've seen that to be effective as well, where you can choose somebody very specific who may have an impact on 30 or 70 people, and it's going to cost you this much per month. Do you also want to have a tennis player, a softball player, or, you know, somebody who is also more on a micro level that is also an athlete? Mm -hmm. Do you want to spend much larger and do that over like one event that is going to be one larger event? It is to be very strategic in your thinking and in your budget and do what works based off of your property's demographic and to look at it from that perspective perspective, but to obviously note that we have now seen that people are influenced and to just think about it from that perspective, 
And to know that we know now that it does work, but to just look at it from that perspective and to know what your options are and to play it out possibly over time as opposed to one time. I think that the best way to do it would be to really think through who makes the most sense, who works in your budget, and to do it more than once if you can, if possible, unless you really want to go all out for one event. Like if you are one of those properties that has an incredible pool you have an incredible pool party and you're going to be able to draw a lot of people all at once. But I don't know if that's going to be a biggest thing. Obviously, this took 13 events over time. And again, we're talking about Taylor Swift. I think that for a lot of properties, it's going to take multiple events over time or multiple things over time. For a lot of properties, it's going to take more than one. And it's going to take a period of time where it is showing off your property. It's going to take a certain number of things and to really kind of take it from from that perspective and apply it to your property where it's a combination of events and amenities or something along those lines for whatever manner may work best for you. That would be the only thing that I would add because I want I wanted people to be able to kind of take it and make it a little bit more applicable, I guess. Yeah, no. And uh, you mentioned budget. I don't think you necessarily especially when you're talking about, you know, some of these non blue chip guys cuz so many of those folks you're going to end up talking to an attorney to even be able to put a, a proposal in front of them. And so a lot of that stuff is just going to be completely, um, gosh, I'm trying to find another Taylor reference. You Taylor. can't, that glass is empty and you're lucky I was able to put all those words together. Cause that wasn't. <laughs> well, I, I, a lot of those folks are going to be just completely out of question from the, from the start, but I've seen a lot of this stuff done with $0. It's a knowing your residents because some of them may already be athletes and, you know, you could just simply ask them and that's true. You know, they're, they're willing to do it if you've got a good reputation with them. Oh, see what I did there? Wesley Dees, <laughs> my favorite album too. So, so yeah, if you, I think if you've got a good relationship there, it's, it's sometimes easy to ask and ask them to do something and not even, have to pay them for it. But I want to be careful with the free rent thing because there's some routes you can go where that could end up opening up a Pandora's box. But don't be afraid of being creative. And more than anything, make sure that you've got it in a contract because yes, here's the thing. They've got to account for all of that in order to stay compliant with NCAA and with their with their state regulations on NIL, as well as there is some federal oversight on NIL, and it mainly has to do on the money side of it. And if money is exchanged, you've got to make sure that all of that is, is very well documented. There's some great apps out there that, you know, we've covered on this on this podcast and some webinars in the past that are allowing those athletes to to keep all that really organized so they don't have to have some type of manager but anyway that's right um, i forgot about that yeah yeah and i'll put links to that that stuff i also put a link i'll put a link or i'll just reference it in the email address we do have a a draft of a uh, of kind of a boilerplate nil agreement so if you want that i'm happy to share that with you i'll either link it in the show notes or Put the contact email and reference it. But anything else to add or should we get to this fantastic panel we had? I think that we have officially covered 
everything that we could possibly cover at this point. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's uh, play that audio segment. And again, if you want to hear the entire 45 minute conversation, go to shoptalk.info. All right. Let's go ahead and play that. So this one comes from uh, Cole Orm at Tiger Properties in Clemson, which is more effective using micro-influencers versus NIL athletes, for those that don't know, for user-generated content to promote a property. Matt and I have talked about this quite a bit. And when we think about NIL, making a deal with Jalen Milrow, the quarterback of Alabama, probably isn't going to give you the best return because... While it's great that you're leveraging his follower base and his fan base, his fan base is 25,000 students at Alabama and about 400,000 middle-aged guys spread out across the country that are trying to follow the college student quarterback. Where we've seen more success in the NIL program is that when you can partner with athletes that are known and have a follower base around campus, but aren't global superstars, you can get much more targeted to the actual students that are at the university that is your relevant demographic. The micro-influencers, same way. If it's a micro-influencer that is uh, primarily an influencer for that college town, then yes, 100%. It's going to have a return and it's a, it's a great thing to explore. One quick question on the micro-influencer. Are you seeing better success when the site staff is kind of farming that themselves locally versus using some of these you know, companies out there that promote micro-influencers to local companies in the campuses? Your site staff is going to have more knowledge of who these micro-influencers are. I think you do run a risk when you source it from an outside agency that they could have a follower base that doesn't necessarily relate solely to that college town. Your site staff should have really good insight and, and at the very minimum, I would say, should be consulted on some of these decisions. Just to add, to simplify this as best as I can, Anne-Marie Heiser, who's a tennis player for Alabama, that is the equivalent of zip code targeting when you're trying to do your location targeting for digital marketing. It's very precise. It's very granular. Livy Dunn is like targeting everyone in the solar system. It's a giant, giant waste of money. So if you're thinking about it, of really just kind of location targeting your softball players, tennis players, maybe your backup wide receivers, or again, on the micro-influencer side, somebody with 2,000, 3,000 followers, they're going to have much more qualified and in-tune people. And there's calculators out there where you can calculate engagement rates. When you see some of those higher number influencers, those engagement rates are really, really low. And when you have those micro-influencers, the engagement rates are really, really high. So I am pro-micro for sure. Well, again, a big thanks to those guys for giving up their time to be on Shop Talk. Our next Shop Talk is Thursday, March 14th. We typically do them on the second Thursday of each month. Sometimes we have to do them on a Tuesday like we did for February. But you can register to receive calendar invites for each month by going to shoptalk.info. You can also catch all the replays of previous Shop Talks in case there's something you want to catch up on. Well, Greta, thanks for co-hosting with me today, giving up a always a little bit of your time on a Saturday. Any words of wisdom for our audience before we wrap it up? 
Oh, I have nothing now. You made me finish that whole drink. I've got nothing left to offer. You're just ready all. to go to the bathroom, right? <laughs> well, great. I, I do want to remind everyone who works for a management firm or an equity group, and you are planning to be at the Interface Student Housing Conference in Austin in late April. We will be hosting a brunch and a live podcast on April 24th. That's the opening day of the conference at the JW Marriott. If you are an owner or an operator, you are invited to attend. So just go to studenthousinginsight.com forward slash events and scroll down to the Austin Brunch event and you can register for free tickets there. Again, you do have to be an associate of an ownership group or a management company in order to attend that. Also want to thank Opinion for being the sponsor of this episode. If you are not currently utilizing any kind of platform or process to measure your resident satisfaction and to generate positive reviews, or if you are using something and it requires your staff to ask for a positive review, it probably means you're missing out on about 90% of the positive reviews you could be getting. So get in touch with Opinion. They've got a special discount for the listeners of this podcast. We'll provide a link in the show notes, but it is Opinion, and that's spelled with three I's, O-P-I-N-I-I-O-N.com forward slash S-H-I. Well, Greta, do you have anything else to add? No, my glass is empty. Look what you made me do. Uh, Don't blame me. This is ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Take care, everyone. Bye.